What is the digital economy? What does digital mean? Strategic Artificial intelligence. How far can the digital economy go? Welcome back to the Digital Week. I'm Oliver Bolton, designer, the sister of the chair in digital economy, and today we are talking to Anna Oberlander, visiting researcher and PhD student from the Research Center for Finance and Information Management in Germany, as well as QUT Professor Michael Roseman. Anna and Michael joined Professor Marika Wolkowitz, chair in digital economy, for a conversation about their new opportunity matrix, which examines how companies can utilize existing resources, whether they be internal, external, or shared and turn them into opportunities. The conversation follows on from a previous podcast that was published two years ago, with the panel highlighting how the concept of opportunity has become the front line on the battlefield of corporate innovation. It's great to hear that more research is being conducted into the relationship between innovation and opportunity, and I'm sure it won't be long before Anna's new matrix becomes a commonplace tool for assessing potential opportunities. And now here is the Digital Week. We are here today with Anna Oberlander, visiting researcher and PhD student from University of Augsburg. Hello, Marek. Thanks for having me. It's a pleasure. And also with Professor Michael Rosman of QUT. Hi, Michael. Hi, Marek. Good to see you again. It's a pleasure. Uh, my name is Marek Wolkowitz, professor and chair in digital economy at QUT. And today, as it often happens, we're here to talk about opportunities, but in a very, very specific context. And uh, just for everyone to, to remember, at the chair in digital economy, we're obsessed with, with opportunities that digital economy brings. Some of you, our dear listeners, might remember a podcast that, uh, that we released uh, probably about two years ago now, when we were talking about opportunities. And we and we even talked about a, a new role for organizations, uh, chief opportunity officer. Michael, uh, what has happened since that podcast? I think it's great to see, Marek, that a lot of positive things have happened since then. And, and our then crazy idea of a chief opportunity officer has made into practice, has made into practice here in Brisbane and as a utility company that since more than a year have has the very first chief opportunity officer in the world. Wow. And we are very much familiar that more and more organizations are looking for similar roles or consider setting up opportunity committees. So in the space of governance, we see an increased level of curiosity and activity when it comes to establishing um, opportunity centers centered structures. Mm. So it sounds like uh, soon many people will be applying for jobs of opportunity officers as well. So this is one part of the uh, one part of the story. Uh, and I'm also thinking about uh, now introducing the background of why we're having Anna with us uh, uh, on the podcast. I know that you've done quite a bit of research uh, with Anna in the in the past. Could you could you tell us a bit uh, more about it? Yes. Uh, so Anna was here two years ago and we explored the exciting field of B2T, which is business to thing. Mm. Management. So um, that was fascinating, and we are we are thrilled to have Anna back in the country. And Anna now joins us for work on opportunity management, and we see it as fertile ground right now because organizations, while they understand that automation matters, while they keep on maintaining highest levels of efficiency and explore digital technologies that help them with the automation side, we see luckily also an increased appetite to grow revenue, to create new customer experience. Um, we have organizations who are now considering having an opportunity appetite statement 
Um, but when you ask me what has not happened, we probably until now don't know a lot about how to capitalize mm. on opportunities. Mm, mm. We have opportunity appetite statements and opportunity offices, but we don't have this sort of toolkit, toolset, methodologies that guide organizations on different level of abstraction through how to best capitalize on Got exactly it. these opportunities. Got it. So that, that strategic level is covered, if you will, but now we need tools, we need, uh, we need methods to approach it. So, so what's happening right now, Anna is working on, on, on a project and it's effectively research in the making. So uh, for, your, for our future listeners, if you're listening to our podcast in 2035, uh, uh, please look us up and, uh, and see what's changed since. And by the way, greetings from the past. Uh, but, uh, uh, but for now, let's... Uh, Let's uh, let's let Anna uh, tell us a bit more about about her research and the bridging of the gap between strategy and execution in opportunity management. Anna, tell us about it. Yeah, thanks, uh, Marek and Michael. It's great to be back and uh, looking at the opportunity side of research. And um, we are trying to fill this gap with developing a tool that helps especially incumbents, to capitalize on digital opportunities. Mm -hmm. And we aim to do that by looking at their existing resources. This is something that incumbents have and um, which they can use as a strategic advantage also against resource light startups, right? Mm -hmm. And we suggest to look not only at well-known internal resources of incumbents, but at what we call share resources and external resources, because these are resources that become accessible by digital technologies. All right. So it's it, it's really going beyond the traditional view of, of exactly resources. Right. And so you use those two terms, right? Shared and external resources. Could you explain them just a bit more to us? Definitely. So shared resources is what we call boundary objects or resources that are owned and used by the customer. But in a digital world, the com company or the incumbent still has access to this resource to this asset. An mm -hmm. example is BMW's connected car. Mm -hmm. So the car in the in previous times, the car would be sold to the customer and then the car would be with the customer and uh, BMW would not have any contact to the car anymore. But this changes, right? The car is connected. The car is sending data to BMW. BMW can capitalize on that data, but also capitalize on the connection to the customer. BMW is very close to the customer and can offer um, new services to enhance the driving experience and sensitize proactively if there is a problem in the car, offer repair services or offer entirely new services, for example, financial services. Why can't your car pay at the fuel station in the future? These are examples that arise around shared resources like the connected car. Exciting. So uh, in, in 20th century, there were, there were many car manufacturers for whom selling a car was effectively an end of the engagement with the customer. Exactly. What you're saying here, it's at least for some of the unions, it's within, in this case, BMW, that would be a beginning of the engagement with the customer. Exactly mm -hmm. what you say, Marek. And beyond that, um, BMW could even consider not only leveraging the shared resources, the car, but also beyond the car, the shared re uh, external resources such as the customers themselves. Mm -hmm. So what BMW is already doing, connecting their customers and ride-sharing models like DriveNow, but also leveraging the parking places, the idle parking places of their customers mm. um, to other customers. So they connect 
the community and build on that and leverage resources they don't actually own. Mm. For example, the parking place or the empty idle garages of customers while they're away. So, so the examples that you've given just now, uh, you know, I never thought about BMW as an organization that would now suddenly think about parking and, uh, you know, and all those services. Does it mean that you're also looking into opportunities in that space of really transforming what the organizations are offering? Exactly, Marek. So we are looking at both sides. So we are starting um, with a perspective on existing jobs that the companies and incumbents are currently offering to their customers. But beyond that, building on these three types of resources, companies in the digital age can think about creating entirely new offerings. Mm. And here I want to outline an example that is well known in the Brisbane area and that is very exciting, to be honest, and was also awarded by the Lord Mayor in Brisbane. Mm. This is Watkins Steel. A steel manufacturer, very traditional company, who started exploring digital opportunities based on their internal resources, right? It's mm. a very classical approach. And what they did, um, they leveraged 3D scanning technology to improve their measuring accuracy. Mm. And they became so good at it, so they developed a superior capability around this scanning technology that they are now offering it to, external, to the external market and to very different industries. So mm. they are offering 3D scanning services, for example, to architects, for clash detection. And this is very exciting and shows how they are moving from the existing business model based on digital technologies to entirely new business models and new offerings. Wow. Okay, excellent. So uh, and from, from what I'm hearing is effectively we're seeing an emergence of a framework for organizations now to, to, to apply and, and really capitalize on the opportunities. Yes, and we want to encourage incumbents to to look at their resources in a new way and to um, yeah focus on the opportunity side of the resource. Thanks, Anna. So Michael, do you, we started with the gap, right? The you know strategic versus operational. Do you think that this work is actually going to bridge the gap? Absolutely. So the tool that is developed here, I think, can entertain the boardroom and facilitate anti-opportunity-driven new strategy conversations. But further decomposed will allow an entire new breed of analysts to, to capitalize on this. And while we often talk about the jobs of the future, I could imagine that we see someone like the opportunity analyst in the making. Um, so we talked about the chief opportunity officer, but the opportunity analyst would be the one who can conceptualize the opportunity. Hmm. Someone who would be familiar with opportunity costs and would understand not just the uh, cost uh, involved in implementing the opportunity, hmm. but also the opportunity cost, the, the, the revenue we would not see if we would not go, go ahead. So opportunity analysts, I hope, is an exciting new breed of, of business analysts that are much needed uh, in an environment that, that creates an oversupply of what could be done. There you go, a job of the future. So, dear listeners, uh, you could be an opportunity analyst in the future. So that's someone who who truly understands the opportunity. And I really like it, by the way, you know, with, with that framework, I, I can feel how a lot of people will become much more comfortable knowing that uh, capitalizing on opportunities is not art, but really, you know, in many cases, just following a, a, a very well-described model. So let's let's just play this ping pong now with jobs of the future. I, I have one 
one as well. Uh, uh, you you mentioned uh, you mentioned uh, an opportunity analyst, someone who really un- truly understands the opportunity. I think sometimes you know when you understand, this is extremely important. But then you need to have people who will share that understanding and and excite others uh, about the opportunities. So I say every opportunity analyst should work with an opportunity evangelist, and an opportunity evangelist would be the one who would talk about the, those opportunities, not only externally, but perhaps even more importantly, internally, uh, impacting or influencing the organizational culture and, uh, and shaping that, uh, that appetite for opportunities within the organization. So this is my uh, suggestion, opportunity evangelist. Anna, what do you think? Yeah, I think in the end, uh, what might be missing beyond that is a role called maybe digital opportunity portfolio manager. Mm. Somebody that has the bigger picture across all the digital opportunities that can that are spotted and are created and make sure that these fit together and create the right digital strategy for the future. Also one who would say, uh, you know, this opportunity works very well with that opportunity, but maybe not with, with, with the other one, right? So really one that, that, that forms the exactly, portfolio. Exactly, that the big picture makes sense. Mm. Yeah, so it could be an architect, yeah, like an enterprise architect and data architect. So the opportunity architect would be able to compose small opportunities to big opportunities. And that's, I think, how we go from the, the micro work to the boardroom conversation. Hmm. So this is what we love to do at the chair in digital economy, really translate the strategic strategic conversation into the actions that could be performed with, um, within the organizations. We have some jobs of the future uh, that we talked about. I would like to uh, thank you, Anna. Thank you, Michael, for joining us on the podcast. Thank you for joining us. Thank, thank you, you Mare. That's it for this week on the podcast. Be sure to follow us on Twitter at ChairDigiconomy and visit our website at ChairDigitalEconomy.com.au. See you next time.